Welcome to another message from LifePoint Church, located at 400 South Abilene in Valley Center, Kansas. For more information on LifePoint Church, go to our website at lpcag.org. It is our prayer to invest in generations to influence community. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Steve Rains. season of Advent, and uh, it was, it's the first Sunday of the month, which is a communion Sunday for us, and communion speaks to us about not only redemption, which is powerful, Jesus' gift, Jesus' sacrifice, so that, that you and I can have eternal life and be in right relationship with God, but it also speaks to us about anticipation in that we're anticipating now we've had his first coming now we're anticipating his second coming how many are ready and excited for the thought that jesus is coming again and i'm like come on jesus come quickly please and so this morning i want to talk to you about that about the anticipation of his return but as we think about gifts we understand this that the greatest gift ever is jesus christ right? Jesus' gift to us is his presence, and our present to him is to pursue his presence. It's one of our values as a church that we would be a church that's authentically pursuing God as he has pursued us. And so beginning of the year, January 7th, we'll begin our 21 days of fasting and prayer. I want to just kind of nudge you a little bit to get your heart and your mind preparing for that but also anticipating that as we step into the new year with that we turn our hearts though with expectancy to our topic today and as we gather around the lord's table we're reminded with expectancy that jesus is coming again the first advent was jesus coming to a manger in bethlehem the second advent if you will is jesus saddling up on a big white horse as revelation speaks to us about and coming again for his bride the church and we ought to celebrate that we ought to have anticipation in our heart about that even jesus even now come quickly amen but here is where we are we're in between the first and the second advent anticipating the second one and so what are we to do while we find ourselves in this space between the Advents. Over the next several weeks, we're going to look at some responses to Christmas, some responses, if you will, to Advent. And today we focus on the, the Advent topic of hope. As you leave the service today, you'll receive a, a Christmas ornament with hope across it. It's, it's awesomely made, one, made by one of our own, Megan Thomas did these for us and on the back side it has the church uh, button on it so make sure you grab one of those on your way out one for family and if you're like well, man my tree is decorated and my tree is decorated specifically i don't put anything else but my special decor on this tree well then use it and put make it a christmas ornament from your rearview mirror or something like that and while you're driving around just drive with hope right or something but um uh, take that and then one other thing uh Sidebar, you had this invitation on your seat uh, for our family Christmas service. Encourage you to take that, invite someone with you. Um, the date on here is right. It's the 17th of December. If you come on the 15th, like the bulletin says, you're going to be here alone. So anyway, just thought I'd like 
but you're coming on the 15th in anticipation for the 17th. There we go. All right, there we go. We're good. So what does it look like to live with anticipation? Anticipation can be defined this way. It's waiting eagerly for something to happen that you know is going to happen. Right? When, when um, I can remember April 18th, 1992, in uh, Calvary Gospel Church in Goodland, Kansas, at 11 in the morning, I'm up in front of the sanctuary. The doors to the sanctuary are closed. I'm up there biting my lip with anticipation that, that those doors are going to split wide open and all of a sudden my bride is going to be walking down the aisle. And I was, man, I was like so pumped. I was, I was biting my lip in fear though. I was like bubbling like a b baby. But man, I was anticipating because I knew something good was about to happen. And lo and behold, the music finally started another story and the door split and there she was anticipation isn't the I hope so anticipation is I know so it's just a it's just a matter of when is it going to happen in that scenario when is the audio the, the sound guy going to hit the play button on the recorder so the doors will open if we believe that Jesus is coming again, we live with this anticipation. It's not, going, it's not if it's going to happen, but it's when is it going to happen. With, we live with an eager expectation, something, something coming from uh, just this, this, yes, I know that I know that I know. Oftentimes when we think of the Christmas story, we think of the wise men, we think of Mary, we think of Joseph, we think of Jesus, we think of the shepherds, those main characters, if you will, of, of that, uh, that, that powerful night. But as we talk about anticipation, there, there is individuals who are mentioned within the Christmas story that are really maybe outlining characters or outlining contributors to this Christmas account. And I want to speak to you about one lady by the name of Anna. She is very much a part of the Christmas story, though there's only two or three verses in Scripture given to her. You find it in Second uh, in Luke chapter two, verses thirty-six through thirty-eight. Look at it with me, if you would. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Penel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years. Uh, Luke is being politically correct in saying advanced in years, and not saying she's she's old, right? having lived with her husband seven years from uh, when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And and verse 38, And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. So here's the key, key thought this morning, all right? The key thought is the Advent season, or better understood as the season of Jesus' coming or arrival was marked with anticipation. Our first response in preparing our heart for the gift of Jesus is for the longing of his coming. And as we consider the Christmas season and we look to the manger, Often, we do so through the lens of the main characters of the story. But why would God choose to use two individuals that we're going to look at over the next couple of weeks? The first one being Anna today. Two people that oftentimes don't get a lot of, if you will, street credit 
to the Christmas story. Why is that? In the temple, she declares he is the one who we've been waiting for. She is the, he's the one that we've been anticipating. She's a woman, and, and, and she is familiar with the, with the activity of the temple. She's a familiar face there, and she has something to say to us today. Though she's familiar with the activity of the temple, she has something to say to the people of her day. The first thought is this, the anointing of Anna. Look at it, verse 36. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanel, the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from uh, when she was a virgin. I want you to notice something real quick, that Anna had an anointing over her life. And as I said to first service, I say to you, Life Point Church, you have an anointing over your life. I want you to receive that this morning. That may not be common lingo, and you may not fully understand that, but you have an anointing. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have an anointing over your life. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 says this, but you have been anointed, you've been called, you have been made righteous by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. Anointed simply means this. It means to be set apart. It means to be consecrated, appointed unto a task. You have an anointing. You live a life of destiny and mission. The fact that you are here and breathing air declares to you and to those around you that you are here for a purpose, that you are appointed by God. As it was with Anna, so it is with you. Appointed to a divine destiny. You're like, but Steve, come on, man. I'm not called to ministry. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not going to be a pastor. I, I don't see that. Listen, God has called you, whether you do construction, whether you're in a classroom, whether you're in the medical field, whether you are in retail, whether no matter what you do, God has placed his hand upon you to speak through you and to touch lives and to bring his kingdom to people. You're anointed. Notice her name, Anna. I want to talk to you about, I want us to look at her legacy. Anna means grace or highly favored. The same meaning, Anna in, in, has the same meaning as the name Hannah for in, all the Hannahs in the house. Grace, highly favored. Notice not only the significance of her name, but also her title. The Bible says that she was a prophetess. What does it mean to be a prophet? Well, a prophet, as you look through Scripture, would be someone who predicts or, or speaks of the future events. That's, that's part of prophecy, but that's not all of prophecy. It's also one who makes things that can be easily missed, noticed. So, it is making simple things that can be missed, seen. How many of you know all the time, you and I, man, we're, as we're living our life, there's things happening, we're looking at things that, that you can miss. You, you don't see things within what you're looking at. Have you ever had that happen to you? Case in point, like when you're driving, when you're buzzing around town, you're on a road trip or whatever, you'll, you'll pass a semi-truck, and that semi-truck will have its label, its logo on the side of the truck, and it says FedEx. And if you're not aware, you may not know, but within FedEx, there's an arrow pointing direction, taking freight to wherever. And so there, there is an arrow there on, on Chick-fil-A's graphic. 
there is on the sea on Chick-fil-A. Can we just pause and give thanks for Chick-fil-A? Right? <laughs> but but um, on the sea of Chick-fil-A is, is a beak and the little hair piece of what chicken has, whatever they call that thing. You may miss that. But another one is Hershey Kiss. Within, between the K and the I, it's the kiss. You may have never have known that. In first service, people were like, oh, I mean, it was like, wow. You may have never known, you may, may have never seen that. But the kiss is there. Till now. On Amazon, the Amazon logo, that yellow smile, that yellow arrow, pointing points from the the A to the Z, communicating to the consumer that Amazon has everything between A and Z, and they'll meet your needs. They want to get what you need to you. Some of you are going, man, well, I'm going to have some good lunch discussion today. Did you know that was a Hershey kiss? I didn't know that, man. That. And then you're going to go to work tomorrow and say, hey, I want to show you something. And people are just like going, you are just like amazing. That is Anna to her, and, and what her life is all about. That moment of going, oh, the one who showed up there in the temple is the one who's been waiting for it. Why, why did God need an Anna? Because if there wasn't people like Anna, you and I would have missed it. Jesus was the Messiah, right? Oftentimes when we think of a Savior, we think of a political hero, we think of a warrior, this forceful, domineering individual, perhaps, whatever goes through your mind. But God sends the Savior of the universe to a manger. Jesus comes and he identifies with people who are broken, people in need, people longing for hope. And Anna, through her story, gets to the point, gets to point out something that can be so easily missed. Truly, Jesus is everything from A to Z for you and I. So we see the legacy. I want you to link to see the link in her lineage. Verse 36 says, And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanel, of the tribe of Asher. As I said earlier, there's only three verses within your Bible, dealing with Anna. That's not a lot of real estate. That's not a lot to go off of. But within those three verses, there is so much weight here that would be easy to pass over, but it would be wise not to pass over. Her father's name is Fennel. She's from the tribe of Asher, Scripture tells us. We don't know anything about her dad other than his name. Fennel, which means face of God, or I see God's face. If we can kind of just build on this for a second, Anna's name means grace, Fennel means the face of God, Asher, the tribe which she's from, means blessed. So I, I want to take these three words, grace, face of God, and blessed. 
And I want you to hang on to them. Don't forget them. Just kind of make a mental note. Grace, faith of God, and blessed. We're, we're going to circle back around and, and tie this together at the end. But just some background before we get there. Some information on the tribe of Asher. If you know anything about Old Testament history, Old Testament, the, uh, the history of Israel, Israel was first created, there was the 12 tribes of Israel. Those 12 tribes divided into two territories, the northern tribe, 10, 10 uh, con, uh, the northern tribe consisted of 10, 10 units, if you will, the southern tribe consisted of two, which would have been Judah and Benjamin. And the 12 tribes dispersed after the reign of Solomon, which was King David's son. There's an Old Testament prophecy in 2 Samuel chapter 7 that says this, that, that the, uh, the Messiah would come from the lineage of David, of King David. This was an overwhelming thought to David, that, to think that, that the Messiah would come from, from his lineage. And the ten northern tribes didn't hold to that prophecy in 2 Samuel chapter 7. They, they heard it, they knew it, but they said, man, we're going to do it our own way, because how many know, sometimes we think doing it our own way is the easiest way and the wisest way. So they did that, they went on their way after the, they split, but the southern tribes, tribes stayed true to that prophecy in 2 Samuel 7. And what you need to know about the tribe of Asher is this, even though they were a part of the ten tribes, there was a remnant within them that said, we are not turning our back on the prophecy from uh, 2 Samuel chapter 7. We're going to be true to what God said. We know, we believe, we hold to the fact that the Messiah is coming from the tribe of ben Benjamin, from the southern tribe. And so they stayed, or from the tribe of Judah. So they stayed loyal to that. Prophecy speaks of that. So here is Anna's family. Anna, meaning grace. Phanel, the face of God. Asher, blessed. And there was a group of people from this tribe that said, man, we believe the Messiah is coming from the southern tribe. We're keeping our eyes. We're anticipating that. We're looking to that. We're following after that. So Anna has this incredible anointing. She has history. But notice also, I want you to see the adversity of Anna, verse 37. And then as a widow... Until she was 84, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. Sometimes, listen to me this morning, sometimes your anointing comes through your adversity. Adversity can set you apart. God bringing you through a difficult season and walking with you through it, instead of you running away from God because you don't understand it, because instead of you running away because it didn't work according to our time scale or our timeline, she stayed faithful. You stay faithful. You saddle up. You ride through the valley of the shadow of death. You, you, you ride through that dark season with Christ by your side. Your scars, listen, your scars speak a story of God's faithfulness to you. God elevates you. He anoints you to be able to speak into someone's life in a way that no one else could. Your story, the things that you've been through, the, the things that you've encountered in life will speak to people. And God will use that. You can minister to people in a way that, that I would never be able to, to minister to people. Because when I tell people, like if I'm on a plane or, or you know, in a setting where I'm meeting, meeting somebody for the first time and we're total strangers going, traveling or whatever, and, 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 uh, and I say, I'm a pastor. 
you're like, Burr. you know, like case in point, uh, Pastor Levi and I went to the Kansas City Denver game um, in Kansas City, and and I'm we're in the stands, you know, and having fun, enjoying the the ambiance of the game and stuff, and some people came in that were sitting right next to me, and uh, and. Uh, um, they're like, hey, you guys, you know, are these your seats? No, they're not. We're, we were given these seats, and we're just hanging out here. And they're like, all right. Obviously, they were there all the time. And, um, and the guy asked me, he said, so he's like, you look familiar. I like this one. This is awesome. He said, you look like Kevin Costner. <laughs> I'm like, I couldn't think of a line from a Kevin Costner movie, but, but I was like, do you want me to sign your ticket? You know, um, but he's like, you know, you look really familiar. Where are you from? I'm from Wichita. I was like, um, he's, he was from Springfield. And he's like, what, are you, what do you do? You look so familiar. And I'm like, I'm a pastor. And he's like, you're a prosecutor? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, buddy, and you're in court right now. You know? And uh, I was like, no, I'm a pastor. And he was like, oh. And he, he was like already ripped by that point, and it only got worse. And um, and but it was just so funny watching his uh, you know expression and, and and how we engaged after that. But uh, um, anointing is tied so often to adversity. Anna had some adversity. You see the length of her loneliness in verse thirty-six. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin. We'll come back to that in a second. She's reminded of her pain, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple worshiping and fasting and prayer night and day. Most likely, the custom of the day was that a young woman would get married around the age of 14. Scripture tells us here that she, that means that she would have been widowed at 21. Right? So, for 63 years, she has been in the temple serving the Lord, pursuing the Lord, anticipating the promises of the Lord, anticipating this moment that she finds herself here that we're dissecting. 63 years. Her anointing is tied to her adversity, and every day she's reminded of her past. She still sees the scars of her past, but for, for 84 years of her life, she didn't get bitter. She didn't let bitterness draw root in her. Instead, she blessed the name of God. Instead of running from God, she runs to Him. Daily in the temple, looking, anticipating, longing for the promise that God had given the people. We can agree it was a long time in her loneliness. She went to the temple and instead of focusing on her broken heart or her shattered dreams, she began to pray and fast and understand that God was doing something greater. And maybe you find yourself brokenhearted this morning. Maybe you came today and there's something going on and, and no one maybe even knows about it. Maybe Christmas to you is filled with mis misplaced dreams and splintered expectations. Perhaps it was hard for you to worship today. But God is going, your worship is like costly fragrance to me, and I am with you as I was with Anna, so I am with you. As
as I fulfilled promises that Anna knew, so I'm going to fulfill promises in your life. If you didn't feel like singing, but you, in your desperation for God, you move closer to Him today, He won't disappoint you. The Anna story and the Christmas story is where, where we serve a Jesus who shows up and ministers to broken people. Don't give up. Do what Anna did. Keep showing up. What is the legacy of her life? Look at it, verse 37. And then, as a widow, until she was 84, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping and with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up that, at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Her persistence, she didn't leave the temple. Her priority of praise, I mean, fasting and prayer. Why was Anna fasting? She was fasting for a miracle. She was fasting for God's promises, the coming of the Messiah. She was, she was fasting for those promises to come to pass. And so when we, uh, uh, on January 7th, as we begin a 21-day time of prayer and fasting, what are we, what are we fasting for? Why, why would we do something? Why would we call, invite you to a part of that? Because we are believing God's promises to manifest and to come to pass in such a time as this. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Anna had been in that place for 63 years, seeking, staying, surrendering, and singing, and she kept going on, and that day came. Could you imagine? Look at point three. We have seen her anointing, her adversity. I want you to see next the announcement of Anna. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. The, the NIV translation of Scripture says it this way, coming up to them. Who's the them? It's Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. At that very moment, she gave thanks to God. Jesus, perhaps 40 days old, scholars tell us at this point, is brought into the temple by Mary and Joseph, something that, that um, parents, according to Leviticus chapter 12, that's why they were doing what they were doing, bringing Jesus to the temple. At that divine moment, Jesus is brought into the temple and Anna bumps into them. The temple would have been a busy place. It was a hopping place, right? And uh, people coming and going and their paths intersect. It's a divine appointment. For 63 years, waiting and waiting and waiting and praying and praying and seeking God and seeking God and seeking God that kept her in anticipation. What was the prophecy? Why was she doing that? Why was she looking for the Messiah? Well, it takes us back to prophecy in the Old Testament book of Daniel. It speaks of the first brick laid in Nehemiah's wall. The rebuilding of the wall around Jerusalem would flip the hourglass. And the countdown would begin of the Messiah's coming. That countdown would take 490 years. Indicating the Messiah would come at that point. So from the close of your Old Testament scripture to the, the beginning of the Gospels is 400 years. And at this moment, this divine moment that Anna had been longing for, Anna had been searching for, Anna had been praying for, happens. The Messiah comes. Anna is in the temple again, just doing what she'd done yesterday and the day before that, the day before that, the year before that. 
60 years before that, was seeking God, anticipating and, and looking not to the day for the answer, but looking to the one who made the day for the answer. It was just a normal day. A day within the hourglass. But in that normal day, she saw what no one else saw. She, like Aiden Z on Prime, like, like the Hershey Kiss, she recognized something. She understood something that day. How many other couples had brought their babies in for dedication? We don't know, but we know that there have been hundreds, thousands of them. But Anna looks at this baby, and she, she, full of the Spirit of God, says, this is the one that we have been waiting for, this baby. The redemption of Jerusalem. The redemption of the people of Israel. This is the day. Anna, meaning grace. Penel, meaning face of God. Asher, meaning blessed. When she sees Jesus... It's like this, y'all. It's like the grace of God has allowed me to see the face of God. And because I see the face of God, the blessing of God is upon me. Don't discount the verses within the pages of Scripture, the significance of Christmas. Her name was was pointing to her destiny. What's your destiny? experience the grace of God so that you can see the face of God. And in seeing the face of God, you'll be blessed by God because you're a child of God. So the key question as the worship team comes is this, is my life, is your life marked by anticipation on a daily basis of encountering His presence, of looking upon the face of God. As we wrap this up this morning, the season of Advent speaks to us of looking to the coming of the Messiah. The first coming dealt with our salvation. Him bringing redemption, offering redemption to us. So let's just start there first. Where we are pursued by Him so that we can know Him, so that we can be in relationship with Him. And Maybe you're here in this place and and you need to start there today. I could use this as an illustration. We know that the Civil War that occurred in our nation was a devastating time. And it revolved around, if you will, redeeming and rescuing those trapped in slavery and releasing them to freedom. And rightly so. Slavery reminds us of humanity's brokenness, doesn't it? Modern day slavery that's so running rampant reminds us of humanity's brokenness. But within that time of our civil war that occurred, 
there's a group of individuals known as the Freedom Fighters. And one northerner who was a freedom fighter, many of them would do it, but, but this story recounts of one that went to a slave auction. He would stand in the crowd as they would bring a slave up to auction off, typically a young woman, young child, or young man. And the freedom fighters would begin to bid for the slave that was before them. And they would purchase that slave and go up to grab their piece of property, if you will, as was seen in the day. But the freedom fighter would say something else to that slave. As they took possession of them, they would speak to them and they would say to them, you are free. You're free. And oftentimes I'm sure the slave would respond, what do you mean I'm free? You're free, you're free to go. I mean, I don't have to go to your home. I don't have to serve you. I'm free to, to pursue dreams and, and ambitions that I have that God has placed within my You are free. You know, as you think of the first advent, the anticipation of Jesus' first com coming, you know what that says to us? The, the message of, of that, of his first coming is? You are free. You don't have to be in your sin any longer. You're free. You don't have to be chained to, to those things that want to greet you every day and, and hang over you every night. You're free because of what Christ did for you on the cross and His resurrection. With your heads bowed, we come to this moment. Perhaps you're here and you'd say, Steve, I've never received that freedom. I've lived for myself. I've not understood the significance of what Christ did for, for me. But as I sit here today, there's something going on in my heart. There's something going on in my, my, my mind. It's like something's wanting to come alive within me. And I would say to you today, if that's you, if whether you're watching online or you're sitting here today and that's what's going on within you, I would say to you today, that's the Holy Spirit knocking on the door of your heart saying, man, will you please let me set you free? Today you're here and you're like, I want to take that step for freedom that Christ has set you free. That you would be free from the bondage of sin and death, that you could have eternal life through Christ our Lord. And you're here today and you say, Steve, man, I want that cool thing is with that free gift is you get to come just as you are. It's not about you cleaning yourself up and then coming. You just come and let Christ do what only he can
This concludes the teaching. Thank you for listening, and we hope you can join us for next Sunday's service with Pastor Steve Rains.